Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Reclaimed Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Elise, just a black girl out here trying to help everyone do better, including and especially herself. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Or if you're new here, hi, hello, and welcome. So glad to have you guys back um, in this third episode of 2022. Um, Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. And so I really want to just dive right into it. You already know what I'm going to say about my life. Um, we've been home. <laughs> we've been parenting. We've been getting well. Um, I just still have this nagging cough. Like, ugh, like I know of all the things to complain about when you've have had COVID. Um, it's just, it feels like, so I don't know. It feels so gross to complain about like a, a slight cough when people are living with long COVID, but you know, if you were to ask me, hey, how I was doing, like, I would tell you, like, yeah, it's a nagging cough. But, like, for the most part, we're up and moving and happy and healthy um, and grateful for that. So, yeah, that's us. There's really nothing else going on. So, let's get into this episode because we have a lot to talk about in a short amount of time. And I have a lot of information that I want to share with you guys. So, let's recap last week's. Last week's episode entitled Hot Sauce Wear. If you haven't heard the story, go over to the episode and listen. It's just, it's ridiculous. Um, We talked about the difference between justice and accountability. We talked about body positivity. And we talked about Drake's, uh, the rapper Drake, uh, his interesting spermicide method. Um, You can go over and listen to that episode. It is, you can listen to any of the episodes. In fact, listen to them all. Enjoy yourself. I believe there's like 150 something. Enjoy. Have fun. Um, I will never, ever be mad about anyone who wants to binge my episodes. Uh, That being said, let's dive into the show. Let's get to the church announcements. Hit it, Earl. Let the people of the reclaim say amen. Glad to be here. Say amen again. And say amen one more time if you really like the show. We glad that y'all here today and these will be your church announcements. Jokey. Let's get to it. Uh, first and foremost, rest in peace to one Andre Leon Talley. Um, for those who are unfamiliar, uh, he was a former Vogue editor, um, all around amazing, stylish person, incredible story, um, but who has suffered some some major losses in the last few years. Um, I believe there's an there is a biography biopic um, that is out about him. Um, I'm not sure the network I'm going off top. Um, but yeah, he just an incredible person. And it's very interesting to see all of the, um, all of the tributes. Like, of course, you know, you have the people who are closest to him leaving tributes. You know, you had black folks who like were in the style realm, fashion, uh, in, you know, sphere, leaving tributes and then you had like weird tributes from like Vogue and other folks and it was just like mm, don't y'all still owe him an apology like the man died like I guess you you feel like your your tribute to him on your Instagram is apology enough but certain folks treated him terribly you know speaking specifically of Anna Wintour you know stories have come out I believe it was either in the biography, the biography or in his book. 
um, about how this woman treated him terribly, just terribly. So yeah, she owes him an apology, but it's very interesting to watch the folks who were like talking bad about him, talking down about him, sneering about him in the last few years, because like I said, he had some setbacks and some losses suddenly come with these flowery, like just all borderline dramatic tributes to him. And so I'm like, mm, we'd be watching, but rest in peace to the legend. Um, yeah, rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> okay. We need to talk about Mike Todd. For those who are unfamiliar, Mike Todd is a pastor of a very large church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He's one of those internet, like, social media pastors. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, they are the the influencers of the Christian world. They wear Yeezy and, you know ripped up jeans and they're they tend to be younger and you know a little bit more savvy um you know they they don't give like traditional pastor vibes but it still feels like a lot of the stuff they do is for content not for the character and soul building of their uh their congregants like, it, there's nothing wrong with a pastor being online. Let me say that. There's nothing wrong with a pastor having a social media following. There's nothing wrong with social media and Christianity when done well. The problem is when it's not done well. And this particular pastor has been cited for several different things. Now, I want to keep an open mind because, like I said, I don't really follow Mike Todd. I don't really know him like that. I've seen a few things where I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. Um, and this goes into, you know, my own personal faith walk and what I personally believe. Um, but let's get into the story. So recently Mike Todd was doing a sermon and he was doing a sermon illustration and he wanted to show how Jesus healed the, one of the blind men in you know, one of the stories in the Bible. And so he is standing with a gentleman who everyone says that's his brother, um, and he hawks a loogie into his hand and smears it all over his brother's face. And you can hear in the audience, like, uh, not the audience, the congregation, that it was an audible gasp because they couldn't believe that he did this. And, you know, he says something very churchy-ish, like, oh, see, look, like, you know, something about, like, y'all not ready for God to do, like, nasty things in your life to, to heal you. And I'm like, you're not God, though. <laughs> Brethren, you're a pastor. You're a pastor living in the time of a global pandemic. And you just hawked a logie, a literal just manifestation of gross into your hands and smeared it all over this man's face. I did not watch the video. I was told about the video because I have very sensitive, very sensitive, like proclivities to grossness. And... I just like I'm getting sick just thinking about it right now. So I don't even want to dive into it any further. But that happened. So because, like I said, he's like a social media influencer pastor situation, um, pastor influencer. I don't know if you want to combine the words to past in, past influencer. Would that be a thing? Anyway, um, it went viral. It went viral and not in the way that, you know, a pastor would want it to. Ha ha ha. It went viral. 
crack myself up. I'm sorry. Um, you know, thinking about the pandemic and him hocking a loogie in his face and his hand and wiping on his brother's face, you know, sickness. Sickness is not funny, but you get the point. Viral. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So, yeah, that happened. Went viral on social media, not in a good way. Um, lots and lots and lots of commentary. Um, he has since posted an apology and he said when spit hits the fan like you know trying to be comical about the whole situation it was gross it was gross it was disgusting it's situations like this that make and I'm I'm going to say this I want I want you to hear me because I know that I have a lot of listeners who aren't believers who do not believe in Jesus um I, and I don't mind you sitting in on this family conversation that I'm having with the believers of Jesus, with fellow Christians, with black Christians specifically. I'm talking specifically to my fellow brethren um, in the faith who also share um, who also share the similar lineage as I do. Uh, I'm not talking about Christianity overall in the United States, because as we know, <laughs> there's some other stuff with Christianity overall in the United States. I'm talking specifically to people of the African diaspora who also believe in Jesus Christ. This is why they don't take us seriously, y'all. This stuff, weird stuff like this is why folks don't take Christians seriously. This is weird. This is spooky. This is disgusting, disgusting, gross. Um, And it led me to wonder, like, what other sermon illustrations wouldn't work if you did it in person, like I'm thinking about, you know, Daniel in the lion's den, are you going to throw a man into a, a cage full filled with lions? And then like, you know, let that play itself out and say, see if that man has enough faith to survive. Like, this is so dumb. Like, are you actually going to go in the middle of the ocean and try to part it? Well, it wasn't the ocean. It was the Red Sea. But are you going to go walk into the middle of the Red Sea and try to part it so you could, your folks can walk on dry land? No. No, 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 no. And here is the weird, here's the, here's, here's the crux of the whole thing. We don't have to replicate miracles or stories for sermon illustrations. The miracle is that the thing happened and it doesn't have to happen again. We don't need to, we don't need the visual of that. You know, like some sermon visuals are really, really beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Like I've seen some sermon illustrations go extremely well. And as a, as a, um, as a, as a former Sunday school teacher, I, you know, used a lot of these, um, I use a lot of illustrations too, you know, talking about, um, multiple different things. I'm not spitting loogies in people's faces, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not about that. I'm not about that life. I think there's multiple reasons why that's wrong. Um, and so, yeah, this, this is weird, but I also, because of this, this viral moment, uh, with Mike Todd also came upon a, a discussion that I didn't really appreciate that he did on, on love sitting there talking about love and how you know people need to talk about specifically about marriage right and so he's talking about marriage and like I said I only saw a clip I didn't see the whole sermon so I don't really know where exactly he was coming from with this whole discussion that he was getting ready to do but he you know what I found the clip I'm gonna play it for you hold on one second 
God gives for divorce. Not we've grown apart. It's going to be tight in here. I'm going to need police escort as we leave. Y'all help me. Not we don't relate anymore. Not even he hit me. I don't condone that. The Bible says leave the house. Oh, y'all about to be real mad if y'all don't read y'all Bible. But that's not the reason to leave the marriage. See? Yeah, that's the same Mike Todd who spat in his hand. <laughs> um, spat in his hand and smeared it all over his brother's face, giving reasons why God gives for divorce, saying that in, in essence, domestic violence is not enough reason to leave a marriage. And if we don't read our Bibles, we're, we're just going to be mad about it. And I'm like, dude, friend. Not even friend, because I don't know you like that. Are, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What, what are we talking about here? Are you telling people to stay in a potentially abusive situation because of how you interpret how you interpreted a certain pa- passage of scripture? See, this is the stuff. This is the stuff that like leads to people living horrible lives or at worst dying terrible deaths you're telling people and you said he said specifically he hit me not she hit me right and there's there's a whole dynamic and a whole discussion about domestic violence and i'm not trying to make domestic violence a women's issue it is not a women's issue it is a human's issue um so let's get that out of the way i'm not saying that you know men don't experience men don't experience domestic violence or anything like that. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. (laughs) If you guys hear, it sounds like my husband and my baby are having a good time. I'm sorry, I got completely distracted. (laughs) I'm such a mom, you guys. I'm sorry. You hear your kid yelling. You're like, wait a minute, hold on. Stop the show. Um, But yes, so... It's, it's, it's disgusting. It is disgusting to tell people to stay in a marriage, to stay in a situation that could, that causes them harm because the, you know, and I believe the Bible. I'm a Bible believing woman. I'm gonna tell you right now, God, like, like he said, he said himself that he doesn't condone it, but bigger than that, God doesn't condone that. God does not condone that. God doesn't want you to stay in a marriage if you're getting beat up. Absolutely not. God doesn't want you to stay in a marriage if someone is just being abusive to you, whether physical or not. God doesn't want that. That doesn't please him. That doesn't make him happy. Like, I just, I'm not about, I'm, I'm, I'm very disappointed and weirded out. (coughs) Excuse me. So yeah, I'm very disappointed and very weirded out by the entire situation. Um, Mike Todd, that's weird. Apology or not, that's weird. Um, and you're not helping. You're not helping the cause of Christ for this type of situation. And we need to. Um, we need to make sure that we address. We call our pastors and leaders and things like that to the mat. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here wondering, like, bruh, don't nobody have like like you didn't run this by anybody before, like to say, hey, here's what I'm planning to do. 
Um, I'm, I'm like, did God really tell you to do that? Is that really the Lord that told you to do that? Or did you think that this was going to like garner a lot of attention? Because here's the thing. We as people of faith have to stop trying to grab people's attention for content because it's not about that. It's about helping people. It's about showing people the light, the way we were shown the light. It's about showing people the love, the way we were shown the love. You know, I was having a conversation with my husband, not to get into a tangent about Christendom, but I don't think I really talk enough about faith on this show. And, you know, it's a big part of my life. So I was having a conversation with my husband and we were talking about matters of faith. And um, he was saying, you know, he was saying something about someone being punished about something, not that he condoned it, not that he was calling for it, but it was, he was telling me about a story of something that happened. And I was like, that's not going to get people to faith. You know, you know, I, I just have to be honest. Like the thing that brought me to faith was love. The thing that brought me to faith was that I felt loved, you know, I felt valued. I felt treasured. I felt, and it's not like, It's not like this flimsy, fluffy, I love you, I give you big hugs type of love. I felt like it was like a weightiness, you know, it's like, it felt like for me, and I'm speaking specifically for me, it felt like pieces of me that were missing were filled in, like the vacancy in my heart of the thing I was looking for was filled in and I felt whole if that makes any sense if that makes sense um and like I said this is my own spiritual journey this is me speaking for me I'm not speaking for all of Christendom (laughs) I'm not speaking for every Christian that you've ever known I'm talking about me specifically this is what I felt this is what I personally experienced and you know I couldn't imagine going into a church, whether, you know, when I was first starting out or now, now where I stand, um, having been in the church for a while, I couldn't imagine watching my pastor spit on people like, mm -mm, especially not during a global pandemic. That's gross. Moving on. Um, Cardi B. And I read this on Twitter. Cardi B has offered to pay for the funerals of the 17 victims of the Bronx fire, um, which is a just that's that's so wonderful like it's such a terrible thing to have happened um it's been like a rash of big fires in these cities lately like you know winter time so fires happen I know there was a really 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 big fire here in uh in Philadelphia where 12 people were killed and uh it, it, it was just such a devastating thing for the city and like so I can imagine what New York must feel like. Cause I feel like it was like a week later, there was a big fire in, um, in New York. So Cardi B has offered to pay to cover the funerals. And she says, quote, I cannot imagine, I cannot begin to imagine the pain and anguish that the families of the victims are experiencing, but I hope that not having to worry about the costs associated with burying their loved one, um, loved ones will help as they move forward and heal. Um, so that's, that's just such a kind thing to do. Like we need more kindness like that. And, you know, it's, it's good to see, not to say the celebrities don't, cause obviously celebrities do, um, acts of kindness, but it's just, it's stuff like that. Like seeing people, 
you know, I talk a lot about, um, especially in our house, like in conversations with my husband about seeing people, like really see them. Like we're trained not to look each other in the eye when we walk by each other. We're trained to, you know, give flimsy answers when, you know, someone says, how are you doing? You say, I'm all right. Or I'm doing good. Or, Hey, how, you know, we're all right. How are you? Um, but truly seeing each other, truly hearing each other, truly caring about one another starts with seeing the issues, seeing, even just seeing the pain saying, Hey, I noticed that such and such so-so, are you doing all right? And even if they give a flimsy answer, you know, like, well, you know, even if, you know, you're not, I'm, I'm here, I'm here just in case, you know, that, that stuff means something like kindness is like such a big, huge value and it, we don't talk about it nearly enough. So I thought that was like a beautiful thing. Um, all right, we're going to dive into some, <laughs> some trash, like some absolute just trash. So Wednesday night, and I'm reading from the Grio. Wednesday night, Senate Republicans used the filibuster rule to block a vote on critical, critically important House-passed legislation combining two bills, the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. The legislation would establish nationwide standards ensuring availability of early voting and mail-in voting, making Election Day a federal holiday, and restore the federal oversight of elections in, in states with a history of racial discrimination. Democratic Senators Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kristen Sinema of Arizona opposed getting rid of the filibuster or carving out any exception or even a modification for voting rights bills, making it impossible for the legislation to pass. So all that stuff sounded good. You know, we pride ourselves on being one of the greatest democracies in the world. We also have, you know, no real set standards when it comes to voting and you would think people who are elected officials would stand behind voting in fact I personally don't believe that you should be an elected official if you don't believe in the right to vote for every single citizen in the United States every single one I don't think that you deserve to be an elected official that's me personally um we already knew that you know Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema were you know Republican narcs we already knew that and it's sad that these same people, these same exact people who Monday of this week on Martin Luther King Day were tweeting out all of these quotes about what Martin Luther King stood for and all these things like that. Martin Luther King also stood for the, the right to vote. So it's like you love me on Monday and then you. And I hate to say it this way. I hate to say it this way. But this is like the struggle with black folks in general with white people who want to call themselves our allies i'm not talking about our advocates because they be in the trenches they be doing the work i'm not talking about white advocates i'm talking about specifically the allies the ones that come up to you like i said in the uh, few episodes ago the ones that come up to you in the bathroom after you made that big statement um or came up to you by your desk and whisper i support you you know the ones who like say the quiet thing like, oh, you know, I'm here for you. I support you. I believe in what you do. You know, they put up the, the black squares, um, the Black Lives Matter, you know, banner or Black Lives Matter in their like bio. 
randomly on social media. And then the next day, later that week, or, you know, sometime later, they're doing stuff like this, like Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema. Um, I know Arizona is just sick. I, I know Joe Manchin, like particularly like the folks in um, Virginia, West Virginia, rather, have had enough of him because he voted against um, some legislation that would ensure, you know, financial viability for his co- own constituents. And he said this to them as he sat on his yacht. A reminder that Joe Manchin is a coal baron. It's a coal baron. So he doesn't care about climate change and stuff like that. Just as long as he can make money. He said this, like I said, while he's sitting on his yacht. But I know the folks of Arizona are sick, sick behind Christian cinema. That young woman has to be causing y'all so much grief. And I'm so sorry that y'all had a narc. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't imagine how y'all must feel. Especially the people who campaigned for her. Especially the people who believed in the lies that she basically told them. And the only thing I can say is fine. Y'all want to fight against voting rights? We going to show up to vote. We just going to show up to vote. We just going to keep showing up to vote. Um, This is a reminder. Make sure that you are registered to vote. Please make sure you're registered to vote. Um, A lot of elections are coming up this year. This is an election year. Make sure you're ready, registered to vote and vote. Show up, do whatever you have to do. Um, and I say that and it sounds very ableist and it sounds very privileged, you know, because I, you know, I work for myself for the most part, like I have partners for the work that I do, but for the most part I work for myself. So like, if I need to go do something, I can go do something. A lot of people don't have that, um, those, that privilege. Um, and I understand that, uh, that being said, voting is a sacred, it's supposed to be supposed to be this big sacred thing um here in the united states we're supposed to be a democracy and yet we won't protect one of the major founding principles of our democracy which is the right to vote we 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 live in jim crow anyway i say all that to say for another story that's connected to this directly connected to this reading from the root now texas the texas secretary of state office says that it only has a limited number of physical applications to make um, matters more complicated as we head towards the 20, um, 2022 midterms. According to CNN, ongoing, quote unquote, ongoing supply chain issues made the cost of paper higher. And so they don't have the physical applications they need to help people register to vote. <sighs> They just going to, they're, they're going to pull games and it's wild. It's wild that, you know, a certain side, a certain side, rather than listen to their constituency, rather than encourage people to vote, rather than, you know, actually doing the work of the democracy, they just rather cheat. They would just rather cheat. And so what we have to do is make, like I said, if you're able to, if you're able to, if your day allows, if you can schedule it out now, you know, um, I think next episode I will be, maybe I'll share it on my social media instead. Um, so you guys can have like a visual copy, but, um, I will be posting all the midterm elections, like what's going on, what the dates are, how to get registered. We can do that. I can do that. Um, because we, we don't need to play. We don't need to play. If, if our, if our elected officials aren't willing to ensure our right to vote, we need to elect them out. 
You need to protect the very thing that got you there. Cause we got you there or we send you out. Now I don't expect, you know, a certain side to agree with that. And I don't expect a certain side to empower their own constituency that way. But those of us on the side of right, the, so, the, those of us on the side of justice, those of us on the side of this democracy, we need to stop playing. We need to stop playing. And I hear the voices of people who just a few short years back before <clears throat> the last administration told me that our votes don't matter. I want to show you. I hope you realize. I hope you've been paying attention and I hope you see that our votes actually do matter. They actually do. They matter so much that folks on the other side are terrified, terrified of even mandating, making legislation to ensure the protection of them. I'm going to let that hang right there. Speaking of people on the other side, Mitch McConnell, what are you talking about? I'm reading from Newsweek. Mitch McConnell made a remark at a news conference on Wednesday before two Democrats, um, two Democrat senators refused to join their own party in changing Senate rules to overcome a Republican filibuster that was preventing the passing of voting rights legislation. During the debate, Mitch McConnell had accused Democrats of, quote, faking hysteria over the Senate filibuster to pass legislation. Fake hysteria. Fake hysteria. Really? He said, quote, well, the concern is misplaced because if you look at the statistics, African-American voters are voting just as high as high a percentage as Americans. He said, if you look at the statistics, African-American voters are voting just as high a percentage as Americans. I hope you heard it. I hope you heard the problem. The problem is Mitch McConnell doesn't really think that African-Americans are Americans. And it's funny because Toni Morrison said something to, to that effect uh, before she passed. She said, in America, American means white. And she's right. All the rest of us get hyphens. And it's funny because I'm a child who I'm a person who was a child during, you know, 9-11, where we all suddenly just became Americans. And it never sat right with me, even as a teenager. It never sat right with me that we suddenly all started getting called Americans. Um, first of all, that was a time of, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> it was a time of increased Islamophobia and hate crimes towards our brothers and sisters and non-binary family. Um who are Islamic, like that's, that's not cool. That's not okay. That's not right. But also it felt like it was an erasure of all of our past issues when everyone just threw on the top, like, oh yeah, we're all American. Well, you know, you didn't think I was American until these planes flew into this building. Like, and now you want to bond with me. Now you want to see me. Now you want to acknowledge me. But before I was just inserts regular slur that you would probably call me like I just it never sat right with me it didn't sit right with me then it especially doesn't sit right with me here now years later um yeah uh Mitch McConnell I just want like to remind you that African Americans are Americans we're Americans too 
Um, we are part of this nation's fabric just as much as you. In fact, you wouldn't have a nation if it wasn't for black folks that y'all stole or the Native American land that y'all stole. And don't clutch your bag when you see me, Becky, because y'all stole people. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Um, one last trash story and we'll get to some other stuff. Governor Ron DeSantis, re I'm reading from Newsweek. Governor Ron DeSantis um, attempts to ban critical race theory in Florida. Um, moves forward um, Tuesday of this week as an education panel gave its first approval to a bill that would prohibit schools and private businesses from making people feel, quote, guilt about this country's racist past. You heard that right. Make them feel guilt. In states, the state's Republican-controlled Senate um, Education Committee approved legislation called the Individual, called Individual Freedom in a vote along party lines. The bill would bar employers from subjecting, quote, any individual as a condition of employment, membership certification, licensing, credentialing, or passing an examination to training, instruction, or any other activity, end quote, that promotes certain concepts related to race and racism. Basically, that means there's no diversity, equity, and inclusion training. He just doesn't want it to, like I said, it's still a bill. It's been approved by the first level. Um, I'm praying to God that it gets just destroyed in this next level. Um, but yeah, feelings. This and it's so weird because these were the people who just short, short years ago was talking about facts over feelings. And you're literally making a bill about your feelings. I don't want to feel white guilt. I don't want to be made to feel guilty about this nation's past or racism. Well, I can't control how you feel if I'm giving you the facts, babe. The facts are white people did terrible things here <laughs> to to native people, to indigenous folks, to to black folks and to each other. If you look at some of the stuff that they did to each other, um because for a while they didn't like certain groups of their own folk, you know, um, like I'm, we're not here to make you feel bad. We're, we honestly don't even care about your feelings. We care about system systemic change. Now here's my thing. I would like to know, did anyone care how Ruby Bridges felt when as a six year old, she was being terrorized by grown people showing up with coffins to her elementary school? She was a little girl. She's still alive. Did anyone care how Mamie Till felt? Seeing the body of her child, her child, her 14-year-old child. Anyone care how, how, how about her discomfort? Bernice King brought me to my knees, my knees yesterday with a devastating post citing this article citing this whole situation rather when she posted a picture of herself and her mother and at her father's funeral and she's looking up at her mother and she's just both of them just have this devastated face and it was heartbreaking to look at does anyone care about their discomfort i tweeted a few weeks ago that something unrelated but related since we're talking about feelings no one, I haven't seen a single big network, not one, talk to any black parents about how we feel about the education of our children. Not one. 
Not one. I haven't seen a single, not CBS, not ABC, not NBC, not CNN, not MSNBC. I haven't seen a single, not one, not one. NPR, the Associated Press. I haven't seen anyone, anyone ask black folk, hey, how do you feel? Because we keep hearing from Karen and Kyle who are so so struck on their in their own privilege that they're allowed to have feelings about what their children are learning. They're allowed to have feelings about, you know, the hist- about blocking the history from their children so their children don't feel guilty. Guilty feelings feelings feelings. Meanwhile, we're trying to keep our children alive. The conversations that are happening in white households are not the same ones that are happening in black households. Let me tell you, I can't speak for everybody else's households, but me, the black folks, me and the rest of the black folks, we are having different conversations. We're trying to teach our children how to, how to stay alive. And a lot of that involves emotional, um, what's the word I want to call it? Basically we, we, we tell them, you know, sit still, stand up straight. Don't look, don't make any eye contact. Don't wear a hoodie, you know, make sure you're in before such as so-and-so, you know, if a police officer does this, do that. If, if, you know, you feel like you're being followed, do that. You know, this thing, that thing, this thing, that thing. We're trying to keep our kids alive. Meanwhile, y'all over there worry about your feelings, how your kids are going to feel. And if anything, if anything, they should feel angry, not guilt. Your children should be angry. I know me personally, if I found out that my ancestors were, were, were terrors to people who were just out peopling, yeah, I would feel angry. I wouldn't feel guilt. I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. I personally didn't do anything. So why should I feel guilt? But I could feel angry at y'all for perpetuating these systems. I can feel emboldened and empowered to help dismantle these systems. I can look at my own privilege and say, hey, me using my own privilege, how can I dismantle the situation? How can I loudly be an advocate for folks who don't look like me? How can I use my voice, my platform to support people who don't look like me? It's simple to me, but y'all want to talk about guilt. Y'all want to talk about feelings. Wild. Anyway, let's get into some other stuff. So I'm reading from Because of Them We Can. And so I I guess this is in the same vein of the, I told you guys I'm watching the Emmett Till documentary. Um, We are at part three now. Um, So this is like the conclusion of it. I said it when I tweeted it a few days ago. Like, uh, what did I say? I said the first week made us sad. Last week made us mad. I don't know what this week's going to do. Like, we've been through the emotional ringer with this story. Um, But I'm so happy that it's been put out. I'm so happy that these stories are being told. I hate this story. It makes me so sad. It's just such a tragic story of injustice and of just, oh, my God. But anyway, along that line it looks like cbs is also producing with the naacp um a limited series on the little rock nine um 
Yeah, in 2020, and I'm reading from Because of Them We Can, in 2020, the NAACP announced a multi-year partnership with CBS to produce content across their networks aimed at amplifying black voices. Soon after, they named Sheila Duckworth as president, and to date, the venture has already sold its first projects, announcing the creation of new shows. So that's really, really exciting. That's very exciting to hear. So I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, I'm going to be reading from the Grio uh, about another very interesting thing that's getting produced um, with W. Kamal Bell. I hope I said it correctly. Um, the comedian and Emmy award winning host of the uh, CNN United Shades of America show. He's going to direct a four part series which will offer an in-depth dynamic look into the life, career, and impact of Bill Cosby. That's right. It's going to be a four-part series on Bill Cosby. Um, They're not shying away from the sexual assault allegations. Um, But yeah, they're going to dive into this. So I'm interested to see the angle that they take. Um, If they're going to do the Hotep, Brotep thing, talking about like, oh, he was trying to buy CBS. And like, y'all, he had nowhere near the amount of money to by CBS. But even if he did, he still did these terrible things to all these people. And it's wild. Here's here's a wild thing. Can I can I take it can I veer off for a little bit? <laughs> if one man said that one woman did something to him, bros would believe it. Every man would believe it. Every single man would believe it. <clears throat> Let me not say that. A good portion of men would believe it. Right? If two men said that one woman did something to them. Oh my gosh. It'd be all over. Like y'all, y'all would just cancel this woman, blah, 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 blah. I believe it's something like 30 or 40 different women have said something about this one man. And y'all are like, Oh, well I need more evidence. I need to see more story. I need, I need more. I need more. Why? Why? Why is it like that? Somebody answer me back. Write me back at the um, the reclaimed blog at gmail.com or hit me up on social at the reclaimed on Twitter or Instagram. Cause I would love, I would love to hear why that is. I would love to hear it. Um, so yeah, that's coming out. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm very interested to see how that program goes. Also reading from the Grio. <sighs> I have feelings about this one, but let me just read the story. Kendrick Lamar, who we love, fan of, uh, we're a big fan of, um, is teaming up with the South Park team. Yes, he is teaming up with co-creators Matt Stone and Trey Parker with plans to produce a still untitled live action comedy for Paramount Pictures. Production on the upcoming film is set to begin in spring and we'll see Lamar and PG Lang partner with Dave free producing alongside the South park team. Um, and that's from deadline. The film, the film is centered upon a young black man who was interning as a slave reenactor at a living history museum when he discovers that his white girlfriend's ancestors once owned his. (sighs) 
if I wasn't reading from a reliable news source, I would think this was a joke. Like, I would think this was a joke on The Onion. Kendrick Lamar. Pulitzer Prize winning Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar, who produced the entire Black Panther soundtrack. Kendrick Lamar. Who we love and adore. Who has, who personally created the anthems of our own modern day civil rights movement. The Black Lives Matter movement. Kendrick Lamar. It's teaming up with the folks who keep killing Kenny every week to produce a show, a comedy, a comedy where, I'm sorry, not a show, a movie, I guess. It's teaming up to produce a film, a movie, a comedy where a black dude who was a live action slavery enactor at a living history museum where he discovers that his white girlfriend her ancestors owned his. There's so many levels to that. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Um, <sighs> I just, I'm not disappointed. I'm going to let the work speak for itself. Let me put it like that. I'm going to let the work speak for itself. I'm going to check out the work. I'm going to see the work. I'm going to give it a chance. Let me just put it right there. (laughs) Let me just say that because, wow. Okay. All right. Y'all let me know what y'all think about that particular story. I just, I can't help it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't want, I don't want our stories of, deep pain to be to be told in jest and to be told in jest by by folks who have literally made jokes about slavery who have made jokes about black pain for white audiences to ingest I don't want that I don't like that it makes me feel uncomfortable um but like I said I'll give it a shot I'll see maybe I'll take this back we'll see we'll see All right, that's it for the church announcements. Let's get to the end of the show. Hey, beauties, my loves, my dear ones. Um, I don't have a wrap-up rant. I don't have one this week. Um, Not that I wasn't mad at folks, but I think I addressed everybody who I was mad at in the church announcements. Um, So let's get into Blacks in the Deep End. Congratulations are out to Ava DuVernay. For her new series, and I'm reading from Because of Them, because of them We Can, um, Ava DuVernay for her new series, Naomi. It's a series aimed to inspire a new generation of black girl superheroes. Uh, filmmaker a- Ava DuVernay, who we love, big fan of her, recently released her CW series, Naomi, which follows the story of a black girl who discovers she has superpowers. Naomi is played by actress Casey Walfall. I hope I said that correctly. Um, a high school student and Superman fanatic running one of the largest fan sites dedicated to the fantasy hero. Her interest in the DC character takes her on an adventure to uncover a rumor surrounding an encounter with the superhero. While investigating the mystery, Naomi discovers she too has special abilities that may not fall in line with the traditional notions of what a superhero looks like. DuVernay took to social media to explain the inspiration behind the series, tweeting, quote, I was asked why I'm doing a show 
on the CW about a black girl learning that she actually is a superhero because I want there to be a show about a black girl learning that she's actually a superhero and then being a great one. So proud. Yes, I love it. I'm excited about it. I'm going to have to tune in and, and watch it and support it. Um, I encourage you guys to do the same. Um, so shout out to Ava DuVernay for always, you know, making, making the art, making the art and doing the things. And we are proud. We are very, very proud. And that is this week's show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your subscribes. I appreciate all of those things. Please, 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 please 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 do not forget to leave a review wherever you are listening to the show um if you're able to leave a review i like i said last week just learned that you can now leave a review on spotify i would love it if wherever you're listening to it um wherever you're listening to this podcast just take a few minutes it only takes a few minutes to just drop a review and it means the world to me let the folks know how you feel about it drop five stars leave a few kind words if you're able to and yeah I appreciate that. Also, you can support this show and keep this show independent by heading to Patreon. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Whitney Elise or head to the show notes where the link is directly there. You can just click it, click your amount um, that you want to subscribe, click whichever tier you want and boom, you are instantly involved in one of the dopest communities around. Um, Shout out to my patrons. I said that I was going to start shouting them out this week. Actually, let me go ahead and just open Patreon because I want to, I have a, y'all are dope. And I said I was going to start shouting out my patrons once a week. Let me see. Let's open up the link. Pardon me. Y'all give me one second. All right. So first person I want to shout out is at the top of the list. Our latest patron is Kristen Bates. Thank you so, so much for becoming a patron of this here show. I deeply appreciate you. Um, Y'all being here, y'all continue supporting, y'all continue showing love means everything to me. Thank you so, so, so much. Um, And that's this week's show. Y'all stay well. Y'all stay healthy. Get drink your water. Mind your business, read some books, support independent bookstores, specifically black owned ones. But if you can't find a black owned one, which you can, cause there's Google, but if there's one not in your immediate or available area, um, you could also go on bookshop.org, I believe, and support them that way. Um, but independent bookstores in general, continue your support of them. That means everything, right? Um, and until next week, <laughs> with that unsolicited advice that you didn't ask me for. Peace, y'all.